We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Nick's not fouling. Lakers using time. Ten on the timer. James to the rim. Finishes with a left hand. The Lakers get to the finish line. They knock off the Knicks 129 to 123. All right. How you doing, everybody? Um, here with Benji Ritholtz after. Hi, Benji. How are you? I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that pretty much said it. Um, Knicks lose to the Lakers one twenty nine to one twenty three uh, in overtime in a game that was. Let's think of some adjectives. Let's think of some fitting adjectives to describe that game. Uh, I'm not I'm not slapping the heartbreaking label on this one. This wasn't a heartbreaking loss. This was this was an annoying loss. This was a frustrating loss. Um, I would go so far as to say this was a preventable loss. Benji, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't have a one word description for this, but um, this is a loss that I think I hope does not come back to, you know, bite this team in the ass or is a loss that this team will, will think about. Um, there have certainly been others where they have lost, you know, close games that you could, you could refer to in certainly ones with in more heartbreaking fashion. But the thing about this Lakers team is this Lakers team isn't that good. Um, they have one of the greatest players of all time. Who's still playing at a pretty high level. And they have Anthony Davis. who was very good. And other than that, it's just kind of a bunch of guys. And, um, if you want to break this down game this game down into um a sentence i guess maybe it would be that some of those lakers guys who aren't particularly good or not guys that you fear coming into the game some of them hit shots down the stretch and hit threes in particular when it counted um not only at the end of the game but throughout the game and the knicks could not hit a three to save their lives um the knicks didn't the last knicks three pointer that went down was in the uh, with two minutes left, I believe, in the third quarter. So the Knicks went the last 19 minutes of game time without making a three-pointer. That is some... What was the year the Rockets didn't... Uh, they were, what, were 0 for 26 or something in the in Western Conference Finals Game 7? Yeah, that's some, that's some Rocket shit right there. Not quite to that extreme, but it was bad. And they had a lot of good looks, and none of those looks went down, and that contributed to why um, this game... 2018. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, contributed to why this game went to overtime. Uh, there was a particular possession in which they had 
in which literally every player on the court, other than the center, other than Isaiah Hardenstein, who we'll talk about, played 40 minutes tonight, my goodness. Um, every player on the court, other than the center, took an attempted a three for the Knicks on one possession because they got three offensive rebounds. Quickly, Grimes, Randall, Brunson, every one of them missed. Um, it was that kind of a game. And it wasn't just the missed shots that were frustrating. It was the fact that I thought they played a first half that was not crisp, not clean. It was sloppy is the word I think I used uh, going into halftime. And there was a moment there, seems like a million years ago, towards the end of the first half where the Knicks had a chance to put a little distance, put a little breathing room between them and the Lakers. They, it looked like they were getting ready to go up by 10. And instead, the Lakers made a push um, and capped off by that miracle Schroeder three at the end of the first half. My God, I can't believe that went down. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, some of the stuff down the stretch. And then, I mean, and here's the really annoying part because we're going to, obviously, there's going to be a, 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 a negative post game as it should. But like the Knicks did a lot of really good things at times in that game. Um, Jalen Brunson played a really nice game. Emmanuel quickly played a really nice game. Um, they did some nice things defensively, even though they gave up a million points, like a couple of players did some nice things defensively. Everybody made mistakes, but like, you know, we're not going to talk about any of that. We're not going to talk about the charge that Jalen Brunson drew at the end of the regulation mm. because we're going to harp on all the bad stuff. And like, again, in a game like that against a team like that, that you're on your home floor and you should fucking win the game. I don't have a problem that we're going to harp on the bad stuff tonight. I really don't. Last play regulation was terrible. Um, and overtime was just like, eh, you know, Lakers made plays. We didn't. Uh, Benji, what are your what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I I kind of co-sign all that. I, I I felt like, you know, you the brain goes to there's recency bias in a basketball game and you go back. And you think more about the overtime and the fourth quarter and the last play certainly comes to mind. But like, I think you go all the way back to the beginning of the game. Absolutely. And it's to five at one point. Right. Right. And, and like, you don't think about that. And, and for some reason, like we just like discount that because like leads come and go, but there, there's an argument to be made that they're as important as the points at the end of the game. And right now it feels like this team cannot generate the requisite energy and flow until Emmanuel quickly enters the game. I didn't take long to, for the elephant in the room to uh, <laughs> raise its trunk and look and squirt everybody. I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know if it's just the RJ for IQ swap. I don't know if it's the way that all fits together, but and, and it's also obviously a huge credit to IQ for being as great as he's been. Um, but right, like the start they got off to where like Rui's just like open, like nobody's there. Like it was just kind of lethargic coming out in a big game, a lot of energy in the crowd. I, I don't know why it takes them time to get going. And then again, in the third quarter, you're just like waiting for IQ to get in the game and they need to figure that out. Uh, because as much as the last play stunk and as much as they didn't make a three, um, down for, for a quarter in overtime, which is nuts. And ultimately, I think the primary thing that you have to talk about when you look back in this game is you can't win a game without making a three for the last quarter plus. That's crazy. 19 so minutes. That's where you start, I think, on this. And you already mentioned it, which is why I'm not 
but I don't know. There's something going on with that lineup with the with the with the starting five. And I also thought Sims was really bad tonight. I don't want to. Uh, he's just a, he was overmatched. He was just can overmatched. You, can I give you a snap a stat? Jericho Sims played 13 minutes. Yeah. In the game, the Knicks lost by six. I'm sure you probably already know it. It's minus 16. Yeah. No, he was brutal. He just had no. He wasn't. He wasn't a helpful piece tonight. And I, you know, it is what it is. He's not a starting center. <laughs> He's not. I think he's a decent rotation center right now. Decent. Has work to do to become like a good rotation center. And hell, you got and you got to go to you miss Mitch, man. God, do you miss I, Mitch? Because the last thing I want to say is this defense has just been bad since he's been out. The, the stats say so. The eye test says so. They're just not getting stops. And when they get a stop, they're giving up an offensive rebound. And that, that, was, so, that kills you. That kills so annoying in the first half. They gave up so some in the second half too, but uh, it was, I feel like it was more of them in the first half. Just lose balls. They didn't grab. And that's part of defense is finishing the possession. So even when they get the stop, Mitch is Mitch cleans up those boards and um, Mitch isn't perfect, but he's their best center by a long shot. And I thought Hartenstein was very good tonight. You're asking him to play a ridiculous amount of minutes. And they, they certainly missed Mitch on a night where, it felt like they they just got beat to balls inside and 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 on rebounds. So all that combined, it's a really tough loss. Um, look, the Lakers have been playing good ball. They have. They should have beat the they should have beat the Celtics. <laughs> um, they're 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 playing good ball when AD and, and LeBron are out there. So it's not you know I don't I don't necessarily want to get crazy about how the Lakers are bad or we sh- you know we should win this game on paper or whatever. Like I don't really buy that. I just think you look at certain things the way the game started. Um, and some of the execution down the stretch and just the inability to make a freaking open three. Um, sucks. Frustrating. Yeah, regarding the defense um, in the stats haven't updated yet um, for this game, but over the time that Miss has Mitch, Mitch has missed, and I'm including the Washington game in which he only played um, nine minutes and then and then went out with the injury. The Knicks are 29th in the league in defense. Um, the only team that is worse than them is the Spurs, who are, even though they beat us, they are, they are not uh, actually an NBA team for the year. Um, and again, the stats have not updated yet. Um, the Knicks, well, actually, they're, I think they're going to, I have a feeling they're going to fall a couple of points. I have a feeling after this game, they're going to be down to 25th and three point percentage. Um, which and they've been on they've gone on some heaters where they've made a lot of threes, but like it's just not consistent enough. And like Quentin Grimes did some nice things tonight. We've you've talked about it. I've kind of skirted around it. At some point he's gonna have to hit some of these shots. They just need it. And um, it feels like he's had a momentum changer shot late in the game every game in the last like five, and he has made zero of them. Yeah. <laughs> we just need to look. Man, I, I still think he's a net positive out there because he, he does a lot of really good things. His pass tonight on the pick and roll was outrageously awesome. Great attacking closeouts. Oh he had a dunk, a quick dunk off a, off a push to the corner. His defense is always solid and I think was really good again tonight. Uh, I actually thought they should have had him on Russ instead of quickly late in the game. Um, and I thought quickly should have been on Rui, who they weren't going to use except as a spot-up shooter. So I think that's IQ's kind of best role to be able to roam off ball. And and then Grimes, I think, could have done a better job on the rust drives. But that being said, I, I think Grimes is still a net positive. But in order for him to be a really good starting quality shooting guard, 
He's got to make threes. Got to make threes. And um, it is what it is. Simple but true. Let's hit on the big guys one more time before I get you out of here. Brunson, not. I'm not calling. I actually am not going to call this a great Brunson. I have such a high standard for Brunson at this point, which is, I, I think, is unfair of me. But that's where I am at this point because there were there some moments for Brunson that were maybe not great tonight. Yeah, there were some, but at the same time, like, what else did the Knicks have going? You know, down the stretch. Now you could turn that the other way, and this is what I wanted to get your take on before. Um, cause I'm sure there's going to be a lot of conversation about Brunson tonight. Like the fact that he was the only guy down the stretch who you felt comfortable with the ball in Sam's, is that like somehow a negative reflection on him? Because like, he's the point guard and you should be getting other guys more comfortable. Like I, how do you split that Adam? I don't know. No, I, yeah. I mean, there were possessions tonight where, and there are a few possessions every game where I'm just kind of like, I, I think you got to, Got to get other people involved a little bit. I think that's a fair critique. Um, he is certainly a score for his point guard, uh, mm-hmm. but we also knew that. <laughs> um, but but there are times because of that, and sometimes he, he takes. He's kind of unique in that it takes him a lot of dribbles to get to his spot, and takes him a lot of time to get to his spot. So there are times where it just feels like the offense comes to a stop, waiting for Jalen Brunson to make a play. Now, often he makes the play. Yeah. And so it's it's a balance. I think he needs to strike it a little bit better. Yep. I also thought that late in this game, nobody else really wanted the ball. Quickly, I think, kind of did and like made a great play, first play overtime. Grimes didn't want to shoot it. No. Julius shouldn't have wanted to shoot it. We're gonna look can we get and, to Julius? <laughs> and your center, your center is like less of an offensive kind of threat. And like I for 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 Brunson not to touch the ball on the last possession after he had made the tying floater and drawn a generational charge. <laughs> I mean, that is as good yeah. as it gets Yeah, because the Lakers probably purposely placed him in the weak side corner, thinking that you're not going to be able to contest AD at the rim with Brunson on the weak side. And the only way that Brunson can possibly affect that play is to get there early enough and draw the charge. And he did it. It was brilliant. It was an absolutely brilliant play. One of the best plays of the next season. And then he doesn't get a touch. That is insane to me. And that bothers me. Um, so yeah, it's a balance like anything else. I didn't I, in, in, until he made those two plays. I also would have agreed with you that it was a good, not great Brunson game. I thought those two plays elevated it to a that's great fair. Brunson game. Um, that's a good transition to, and we'll combine the two topics into one because man, for better or worse, oftentimes it's been worse. These two players are connected at the hip since they got here and they got here in the same year, Julius Randle and, and RJ Barrett. They are, again, I wish there was a way for me to easily um, figure out how their minutes played together compares with like the most, because they are, they are getting up there, at least in terms of Nick duos of the last, I think they're the most played together Nick duo of the last two decades. And then it just, gets to comparing them to to guys before that. Like they've played so many minutes together, RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. And like, there's the conversation about Julius Randle, which on a night like tonight, again, we'll focus on, man, this is maybe just not the guy you want with the ball in his hands and key situations late in the game. He's had some moments this year that have been good, but then there's moments where it's like, man, that's just not, that's not what you want. And then if, the, and then it turned the conversation turns to RJ because again it's another game where RJ wasn't good, 
and you don't even have him on the floor down the stretch. So if you're a Nick team that is perpetually, obviously always talking about getting a star and it's like, okay, well, who are we trading for a star? How are we making room for a star? Well, one of these two players needs to go out. Well, it's like, okay, you're really going to trade the 22 year old who you drafted and has shown you some nice things for this guy who you can't trust down the stretch of games, but then you flip it on a 10 and it's like, well, you know, our, so you're gonna you're gonna you're beyond all in on RJ Barrett as opposed to the guy Julius Randle who maybe he's not the guy you want with the ball in his hands on the stretch of games but he still does a lot of nice things for you and he's still a bear to deal with in so many other ways like I I don't know I don't know what you make of it I don't I I don't necessarily envy the position of the next front office but um it's just it's gonna be it's just not going away and I don't think it's getting any better either you know. No, and I, man, I was thinking like I never thought that we would be this far into the season here and it would be like I think pretty indisputably correct to have RJ Barrett ride the bench down the stretch at an overtime. And again, it's a credit to how invaluable quickly has made himself to this team and Grimes to I think a lesser extent as well. I shouldn't say to a lesser extent, but similarly. Uh, they've just made themselves indispensable in what they do for the squad. And RJ, on the, in contrast, is just a little bit redundant with Brunson and, and Randall, less complimentary of them. So it's not just like a skill-to-skill thing. It's also a fit thing. Yeah. But man, RJ Barrett it, it was indisputably the guy that should have sat down the stretch tonight. Yeah. And that I, I, I don't know if it's like shocking to anybody else. Like... I, <clears throat> It's not shocking in the sense that I've watched all these guys play. I mean, I get it and I agree with the decision, but like big picture, that's pretty wild. <laughs> it's pretty wild that we've gotten here. And what does that mean for this team going forward? What does that mean for RJ's future? And I mean, these are all really serious questions to ask. I, I And I do wonder if RJ benefits, uh, if RJ benefits from... I've I've kind of pushed up against the quickly starting conversation because almost just like a confidence thing for RJ and like who he is and what he means to the franchise as as kind of the guy they picked third and the guy that's that was signed to a long term deal and all of that. Does at some point does it benefit RJ to be able to come in and kind of like when when one of those guys is sitting at least RJ or uh, Julius or or Brunson and just have a bit more usage. Because right now, he just seems like the odd man out in more ways than one. Yeah. Uh, and these are all questions they should be asking themselves because it, it's it's not even... I, I don't think it's it's like a reason they... Like, RJ needs to play better. That's also true. And he didn't have a good game tonight. No. But, like, where's the fit? How does this fit together correctly? What's the best way to maximize this roster so that it's not like, let's just wait for quickly to come in so that we can get a bit of energy and feel and flow? Um that's a concern to me. So something to look out for, for sure. Incredibly well put. Um, I love that. I could just throw these grenades your way. Uh, like a few grenades that were thrown tonight uh, <laughs> at the end of the shot clock. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Hi, hey, Andrew. Andrew. Hi, guys. Hi, Benji. How are you, sir? You want to do a moment of the game with us? Yeah. So, oh, I would love to. I wrote okay. down three. Let's see if we have the same three. Okay. The first the first one is a grenade. The inbound star Isaiah Hardenstein um with 
that preceded that insane hook shot with like one point. Oh, you know what? Shot. I want to add that one now. Yes. <laughs> we'll go with that. Has one. to be. Has okay. to be. Okay. Hardenstein's always it. had the sky hook. We were just waiting for it. Um, now this is going to be tough because now I have two for, so the, the obvious one is the Brunson charge. Mm-hmm. That has to be one. And then I'm, because I really, I think it was more important than any shot has made. I, I was, I'm deciding between the Brunson strip of Rory Hachimura under the basket, or the Grimes pass to Hardenstein. The Grimes pass to Hardenstein was a better play. The, I mean, the Grimes like, pass to Hardenstein. I had that or the Grimes, not the Grimes, the Brunson layup to tie it at one four. That's got to be there too. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna what, five candidates. We get well. The Brunson charge has to be there. You want to take the Hardenstein hook shot out? I just thought that was like. So let's go the Brunson charge because I think that's going to win the Brunson layup to tie it and then the uh, Grimes pass to iHeart. Those are our three moment of the game candidates. We'll put the poll up in just a second. Um, Before you go, and this is more of a preview that will lead right into the Super Chats. A lot of talk about the last possession of regulation. Mm. Um, That was awful. (laughs) So this also... uh, this was tweeted out by SNY. I'm not sure if it changes anything. I thought it was an awful play in real time. I think you guys also came around down on that side, but SNY put this screenshot up with Jalen Brunson being wide open with 2.4 seconds left. Okay. You know, these screenshots can be a little misleading at times. Um, and I'll tell you why. Number one, Randall's like just in the process of putting the ball on the floor. Mm-hmm. So you, you physically can't make the pass during this moment. It's like LeBron probably moved over as Julius leaned to take that dribble. So like these screen, and also honestly with the way LeBron covers ground and where Brunson is on the floor, it's not like he can't recover to Brunson, even if this pass is made. So I, I don't, I don't think the screenshot says much more than, than what we already know. Like, I don't think this pass or even if this pass could have been made, if it would have been the correct answer. Um, that said, because I, I know like if, if you if you move that, this back like two seconds, LeBron's not quite there. Like it wasn't as obvious before Julius went to dribble. Um, that said, Brunson needs to touch the ball on this possession, the way he closed that game. Like, I think that's indisputable. I don't really see any argument to the contrary. I know that they put LeBron on him. You can do things to get LeBron off of him. You can run a quick screen with a guy like IQ or Grimes. There's plenty of time, 4.1 seconds, whatever it is. There was enough time for Julius to dance around in a circle for four seconds until the shot clock expired. So I think Brunson's got to touch the ball. That's my analysis of it. Implied. I think implied in your analysis of that play. (laughs) Whether or not there was a pass there for Julius to make or not, what about Julius's resume, especially late in games, leads you to believe that A, he's going to make it, or B, he's capable of making it, which is yet another reason why you want the ball in Brunson's hands there. Um, That's the point. You want the ball in Brunson's hands. And not only that, but by, by not doing anything other than inbounding the ball to Julius about 24 feet away from the rim, it's not just Julius. It's Julius on Anthony Davis. We're talking about one of the preeminent defenders in the basketball. Oh, the, uh, he was the defensive player of the year, maybe front runner until he got injured. So what? Uh, it, it just it, it was it was frankly nonsensical. Uh, and I'm not saying Julius couldn't have made a better play, right? There's always a player element, always. Julius did not maximize that possession. You have to try to get a shot off, obviously, before the clock expires. That's rule number one for any player. I don't care if you get blocked. You have to put the ball up in the air. 
That's insane. That's dumb. He sometimes lacks self. He he sometimes lacks shot clock awareness. We've seen this many times. Um, but so so Randall do better. But put your guys in a position to succeed. I don't feel like he really did that there. I don't feel like the coach really drew up a play to maximize the opportunity to score, have a chance to steal a win there. Yeah, and and just the last thing, I think this this does go back to the RJ discussion because like RJ has has not been good in the clutch this year. At least his field goal percentage has not been good in the clutch. But this has this has been a player who has shown you at times like at the end of close games, like he does. He has an ability to come up big and it, and if, at the very least, you know, play within himself. And like he, 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 the moment is rarely, it does not seem to be too big for RJ Barrett, like it often does for Randall, which again goes into the whole discussion of like, if it's, if it's pretty clear that like one of these guys, it's probably best for you to either move on or, or move one of them to well, obviously Randall's not moving to the bench, but like something, it's a very multi, it's a multi layered discussion. That's all. I, I, I look forward to your multi-layered discussion in the super chats. Um, <laughs> it'll be good. Listen, people have to vent. It was a very frustrating game. I on the playback, I felt like we were just like frustrated the entire time. It was ugly. Oh, it was, was kind of ugly. It was, it was, it was not the most enjoyable game to watch. Nope. Um, and they still could have won it. So let the people vent. You'll, 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 you'll talk some sense into everybody. It'll be, it'll be good for everybody. It'll be a good experience, a positive experience for everyone involved. Looking forward to listening. (laughs) Thank you, Benji. All right, guys. Have a great night. Talk to you later. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Quick personal injury report. You're you're muted, but that's okay. Uh, from our friends at Weiss Let's and Rosenblum. Yes, thank you. From our friends at Weiss and Rosenblum, law offices in Weiss and Rosenblum, personal injury attorneys, um, exactly the people you want to call if you uh, have a possible matter, something you want to ask about, 212-366-6100. Um, or you can visit them at weissandrosenblum.com. Uh, it's, the, it's been the theme of the last, what has it been? Two and a half weeks now, I guess. Mm. Get healthy, Mitchell Robinson. Two weeks, whatever. It feels like it's been months since Mitchell Robinson has been there. Because again, I can't. I I, I don't think we're going to move below the Spurs tonight in the defensive rating rankings since Mitch has been out. But I mean, again, the number is in the six last six games before tonight. One hundred twenty-five points per hundred possessions are giving up. Um, and I'm fairly certain that the number for the starting five is even worse because Quickly's number is pretty good. Uh, again, um, Rice and Rosenboom, 212-366-6100 or riceandrosenboom.com. Don't call a rookie. Call a veteran like Mitchell Robinson. Hurry back. That one stretch to start the fourth quarter where the Lakers were nine for nine was like, oh, they there's a lot of just pick and roll and getting the getting shots at the rim, which made it really difficult. You know, I mean, you know, but like. And, and Benji alluded to this, like. That is the foundation of a team that they thought if they could add enough pieces to would be a title contender. Like that's why that sequence in the fourth quarter, literally for those however many minutes where they didn't miss a shot, I think it was about six and a half minutes. That right there, that's why people think if the Lakers make like make the right rush trade or you know whatever, that's why they're a contender. Yeah, for that reason. That's what they do. Those two guys doing that. Are you ready, sir? I guess I. I guess I am. My goodness. This is going to be feisty. Let's do it. <laughs> Dylan Chop Charles. What's going on, Dylan Chop Charles? Thank you for the contribution. Yo, J-Mac, I'm back. <clears throat> Welcome back. On tonight's Forgotten Play, 2.50 left in the second quarter. My goodness, we're going back to the second quarter. IQ picks Schroeder's pocket and gets a fast break bucket to give himself 13 points off the bench. Um <clears throat> yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. Uh, sorry, I'll wait for that. Yeah, that's a good play. Quickly had a great game. Quickly gave them life, gave them energy when he came in the game, as he's been doing a lot of recently. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I see Zach Braziller of The Post tweets out that RJ Barrett des- declined to speak with reporters after this game. 
did not play over the final. It says eleven fifty something, but I, I I don't know. Feels like he was not in for a very long time. Um, <clears throat> I think that's the first one of those we've gotten from RJ in his three plus years here. Do I blame him? I mean, I don't blame him for being frustrated. That's for sure. I don't blame him for being frustrated. But as long as some of that frustration is directed, well, should be directed in multiple places. That's all. Thanks, Dylan Shop Charles. Appreciate it. Red Sarachak, what's going on, Red? Does Brunson need to drop 50 to get the last shot? Yeah, I mean, look, I <clears throat> I think this all feeds into the conversation go back to last year. Um, which was there is there is deference given to Julius Randle on this team. There was deference given to Julius Randle on this team all of last year. There's deference given to him moving forward this year. Now, the difference between this year and, and last year is he has rewarded you for some of that, rewarded the coaching staff for some of that deference. Um, it still seems out of whack. It still seems out of whack when you got a guy like Jalen Brunson, who's one literally one of the best clutch players in the league this year. And down the stretch of this game, again, it wasn't perfect. There were some moments that we, as we were watching the playback under five minutes to go, we were like, Brent, you know, not a good job by Brunson, a couple plays. But then down the stretch, makes a shot, assists to Grimes, great assist to Grimes. Um, and then made another shot to get it tied. Put the ball in his hands. Just put the ball in his hands. Simple. Don't overthink it. Thanks, Red. <clears throat> Nicholas saying, what's going on, Nicholas? As a Tibbs defender, how do you justify the end of uh, the play at the end of regulation? I can't. I cannot. It's not. I mean, it's it's how do you justify it? You justify it by the fact that Julius Randle might be an all-star, might be named an all-star in two nights, and you're putting the ball in his hands. You know, that's your justification. Is it a good justification? No. But that's justification. Forgotten NYC, worst Randall game as a Nick, embarrassing all night. Well, I can't go that far. <laughs> I think that's forgotten. I love you, but you, you have a tendency for the overreaction here. Um, his defense, I thought, was poor in the first half. I thought he picked it up in the second half, as he often does. That has been a theme for Julius Randall. Certainly this year, I think he he eases his way into games defensively. He certainly eased his way into this game defensively. But I thought, you know, I thought he tried his ass off in the second half. I thought he had some key buckets in the second half. Um, made two free throws at some point. I forget if it was at the end of fourth quarter or overtime, but he did make two big free throws at some point. So it was not his worst game as Nick. Was it a good game? No, it was not a good game. It was not a good Julius Randle game. I think it was probably closer to a bad Julius. It was it was a bad Julius Randle game. But it was not terrible, I don't think. <clears throat> Asian Ferg, what's going on, Asian? Brunson was clearly supposed to get the ball back. Andrew's telling me to take a drink. Mm. <clears throat> I'll, I'll I'll make it work. Uh, Brunson was clearly supposed to get that ball back. Randall screwed up the play. The inbounder was supposed to get the ball back for the open shot. Barrett just a complete zero in the second half. Brunson balled out. Maybe. 
I mean, we all just looked at the same picture. Maybe. I don't know. Um, and if that's the case, bad job by Julius. And and more to that point, there were some moments in the fourth quarter in particular where he was really getting into it with the refs. Um, no, sorry, not even the fourth quarter. In the beginning of overtime, the very first possession of overtime, which it was clear to me at least, at the start of that overtime period, his head was not fully in the game because LeBron James got got right under the basket on him, got the entry pass and made a layup. Um, and then on the coming the other way, I think it was quickly, uh, I think quickly made the bucket on the first possession of overtime for the Knicks. But like after that, Julius was drawn with the, with the rest. It's like, he, you know, this is a guy that, you know, Benji, said it best months and months ago. He's not the most emotionally mature basketball player when he is on the court. <clears throat> and we saw that tonight. Not as much as other nights, but we saw it tonight. Thanks, Haitian. Appreciate it. TK, uh, Hushu, what's going on? No defending tips tonight. Absolutely unacceptable play call from him. You don't give it to our most clutch player. Uh, just disgusting game. It's on him. Okay. Well, you know, we always do this dance. Is it is is did Tom Thibodeau lose this game? Did the players have something to do with it? Um, it was a bad play call. If that was the play call, it was a bad play call. Um, there was a lot of there were forty or fifty-two minutes and you know fifty or yeah fifty-six point something seconds played in which some good coaching decisions were made, but like, you know, as a coach, you're not defined by that. You're defined by moments like that at the end of regulation. Hushu, Randall gets the blame too. Lots of mistakes. Okay, so Tibbs gets all of the blame, but Randall, so what is it? That's the Yogi quote, right? Baseball is uh, 90% mental and half physical. I think that's what it was. I think we're working with those percentages tonight. Danny Gardner, what's going on, Danny? <clears throat> Julius Randle's the worst fourth quarter high usage player I have ever seen. Tibbs giving him the ball there is fireable. Oh, my goodness. Danny is not happy tonight. Never win anything with the two of them killing the team in close games. I'm disgusted. I I had a feeling this was going to be the energy tonight, and I and I knew it. I knew it. I, I I'm not. I'm not there at this. I'm not at this level. I'm like one, whatever, two floors below, maybe, a, maybe a floor and a half below that level. My elevator has gotten stuck between whatever is one floor below disgusted and fire everybody. Um, and like the floor below that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll look up Randall's clutch stats this year. Uh, they're awful. I know they're awful. I don't. I don't even need to look them up to know that they're awful. But I'll look them up anyway. Um, yeah, I, it's not great. Do I think both of them need to go? I don't think both of them need to go. Forgot NYC with another one. I'm not backing off my. I trade Randall for a paperclip take. I don't care that he's an all star. <laughs> he's the most frustrating player I've ever seen as a Knicks fan. Um. Well, I could tell you they're not going to trade him for a paperclip. Uh, I 
I'll say what I keep saying and what I've been saying for months, which is that you always listen. <clears throat> you listen, you pick up the phone, and if it's the right deal, you make the right deal. That being said, you just had an owner go on a radio station a week ago and tell everybody, everybody, that he expects the team to make the playoffs this year. And then he expects them to get better after that. That's the owner. That's the guy signing the checks. You do not go to that owner and say, hey, we got a desperate sons or Blazers or I don't know what other team you want to throw in in, in this group. Clippers. I don't know. Whatever. <clears throat> we got this team on the line. They're willing to give us just ridiculous value for a play. Like, we love Julius here, but there, I mean, this is not the deal you pass up. This is not the deal you pass up. Now, to be clear, I don't think that that deal is out there. But if it was, if it was, and they brought that deal to the owner, which I think they would probably be scared to do to begin with, and they wouldn't want to do it because they'd be worried they'd get fired before they walked out of the office. But if they if they brought that deal to the owner, the, the owner would say, well, how, does this make our team better this year? Oh, no. So I'm getting draft picks in what year? It's just, it's not, that's not the reality of this situation. They're not trading Julius Randle this year, and they're not trading him in the summertime until, unless they get a better player back for him. And I'm not sure that deal is out there. So they're left between this rock and a hard place because in RJ Barrett, I think at least you have a guy that probably pretty easy to put him into a deal this summer. Uh, This is Tibbs, by the way, on the last play of regulation. There's three options on that play. So they have to read the defense. LeBron was on Jalen and Davis was on Julius. And depending on what they're doing, they could go either way. So there are options. That's why the play is set up that way. So he didn't throw his player under the bus. But that's one of those things. Where do you, what do you want Julius? What do you want Tibbs to say there? He kind of told you what he was thinking without telling you what he was thinking. <clears throat> Man, a lot of consternation after this loss. Dom the dentist. Randall may have achieved the impossible feat of destroying the goodwill he built this season in one game. Brutal. Fucking brutal game. I'm again, I'm not there. I'm not I'm not even close to there. He had a bad game. And it's funny, we're talking about it, like he had this atrocious game. Um, I just want to make sure I get it right. Like it he finished tonight, he was what, six and nineteen, I think. Six and nineteen for twenty-three points, two of nine from three, twelve rebounds, five assists, four turnovers, minus nine. It was not a good game. Um, it's one game and it was not, I, it was not, I don't, I, I'm sorry. I I don't, I get, he's a maddening player, but I'm the guy who always defends Tibbs. And, and this is where I'll push back because I'm just going to say like, as Tibbs said, there's three options on that play. You are entrusting Julius Randall there to choose the correct option. I think that was the original sin is entrusting Julius Randle to make the correct decision there. And I don't think he's shown the ability to do that. So you as the coach, 
should not have the ball in his hands there. You have to put the ball in Brunson's hands and not depend on Julius Randle to get the ball back into Brunson's hands. So I put that one more on Tibbs than Julius. But that's me. Kyle Crawford, uh, the refing this year has been horrible. I don't know what a foul is anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, the goaltending that was overturned. I didn't think it should be overturned. It was overturned. Is that the reason why they lost the game? No. Uh, there were some other calls we could talk about. Uh, Anthony Davis got a foul. Um, was that an overtime? I don't know. It all runs together. But Anthony Davis went to the line on a on a foul call that didn't appear to me to be a foul, at least. So, yeah, we could talk about all that stuff. I, I, I'm not blaming the rest for this game. I'm not. Especially since they didn't overturn the charge. 